we're going tonight, Acts chapter 7, and uh, Acts chapter 7. How many have been glad to be back in the house of the Lord the last couple of weeks? Oh my goodness, it has just been a joy uh, to be here. I want to say thank you for respecting the request uh, not to bring coffee or any type of drink into the auditorium. And, uh, and thank you for helping us remind people uh, during this absentee at church, we uh, did our best to get the carpets back uh, to where they need to be. And uh, I feel like that we need to go through them one more time to get them where they need to be. And uh, plus, I figure with everybody at home uh, that you are saturated with enough drinks and eats during preaching uh, that you probably are okay uh, for here in the auditorium. But on behalf of Mrs. Phillips and the cleaning crew, thank you for being very respectful of everything around you. Acts chapter 7 is where we're at. Acts chapter 7 in verse number 37. Acts 7 verse 37. I say it often because I want you to know that uh, when I lay out or I start putting the sermons together, that there is Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then as I'm going through my quiet time, I'm going through my personal Bible study, when the Lord says, that's a Sunday morning, then I go to the calendar and I put the text on there and I put the title on there and then I, my calendar with uh, sermons are already done all the way through. Now, preaching four times that first Sunday, two times, and two, so my, my calendar is getting short, but I am amazed how that God keeps adding to and adding to. So the sermon you're hearing tonight is a sermon that about five weeks ago uh, in a quiet time and uh, just not even really, really not even knowing what the future held, or anything of that nature. So it is very important to pastor that you know that. That was the best piece of advice I was given uh, when I first became pastor 11 years ago. And that advice was this, Bob, you are going to be so busy trying to figure out this roller coaster that you have entered into that you better start now getting all your sermons ready to go for the very first six weeks. And so that is exactly um, how I have operated uh, for the past 11 years, and I, will, I, I must tell you that uh, sometimes I second-guess uh, what the Lord has down on the book, and uh, sometimes it's like, are, Lord, are you sure? But have we not all realized that God is in complete control, and the timing of the Lord is just impeccable? And uh, Acts chapter 7, this is that Moses, which said unto the children of Israel, a prophet, Shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me? Him shall ye hear. That this is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai with, and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us to whom our fathers would not obey but thrust him from them and in their hearts turned back again into Egypt saying unto Aaron, Make us gods to go before us. For as for this Moses, which brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. And they made a calf in those days and offered sacrifice unto the idols and rejoiced in the works of their own hand. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven 
as it is written in the book of the prophets, O ye house of Israel, have ye offered to me slain beasts and sacrifices by the space of 40 years in the wilderness? Yea, ye took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your God Rephim, Rephim, figures which he made to worship them, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tabernacles of witness in the wilderness, as ye had appoint, as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses, that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen, which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into in, 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 in Jesus in the possession of the Gentiles, whom God drave out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David, who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him in house. Howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet, Heaven is my throne, and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, saith the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Hath not my hands made all these things? When you look at the text here, I want you to go all the way back to verse number 38. Verse number 38, it says, This is he that was in the church in the wilderness. This is called the church in the wilderness. When they were in Egypt, they exited Egypt. And once they exited Egypt and they crossed this, this, this sea, then all of a sudden God said, this is my assembly that has been called out and now they will be known as the church in this wilderness. And I want to talk to you on this one word tonight and it is the word noise, noise. One simple word, noise. Let me stop and just say this. Every church gives off a noise. Every family gives off a noise. Every believer gives off a noise. There is a frequency that a church can operate at. There is a frequency that a family can operate at. and There's a frequency that a believer can operate at. As the frequency of the believer is the frequency of the family. As the frequency of the family is the frequency of the church. One word, noise. Heavenly Father, God, you are so good to us. You are so good to us. If we were to count our blessings, those blessings would so supersede our complaints. The blessings would outrun and overflow our needs. Where we have a gallon need, you give us two gallons worth of blessings. For any believer to think that they have, are caught up on their tithes and offerings, that is ludicrous. Because God, there's no way we could give back everything that you've given us. We are blessed. Oh, we are so blessed. And Lord, I'm asking you tonight to help every one of us. Help us as we look at this church in the wilderness and as we study her. Please, God, I am so excited about the future. I am chomping at the bits for the next couple of months as we bring out and we roll out what are we going to be doing? Where are we going? What are we trying to accomplish and Lord, I believe that you called time out on purpose 
to show us who are we, what are we all about, where is our motivation, where is our love, why do we do what we do. Lord, I ask tonight as we look in your word that you would let your word, as you said in Isaiah, that it would accomplish your purpose and what pleases you. You told us it would not return void. God, give us fruit tonight. I'm asking for myself. Although I know the text, I know what is on my heart, I know what you did in my heart on that particular day, I'm asking to do in our hearts on this night. Change me. I want to leave here different. God, bring that spirit of revival to our church. Bless us in these remaining moments. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In Acts chapter 7, it refers to the church, but it not only refers to this church in the wilderness, it does refer to a time frame of this church. Forty years this church wandered in the wilderness. Forty years it decided what it was going to do. Its beginning decision is what sent it on its wilderness journey. It's doubt that God could take them to a new land. Fear set in. Fear gripped the heart. The majority of those said we cannot take them. We cannot dwell in that land. They're too big. The giants are too big. The grapes are big, yes. The benefit is big, yes. The milk is amazing, yes. But no matter how much of the blessing, I'm telling you, we can't do this to our children. And so fear set in with the adults of that day. And that church at that day took a south turn. And they started heading south, going through the wilderness. And it wasn't until 40 years later, about halfway through there, they headed north. And when they finally arrived, God had made it very clear that I wish you would have done this back on day one because we could have saved a generation of young people. But I'm going to tell you that at this time period in the church that's referred to, let's go back and look at this time period. Go all the way back to Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32. And uh, don't let children bother you. It's okay. Let, them, let JJ cry. We're okay. And uh, there's a lot of people crying on the inside right now. Amen. So if you look at Exodus 32 and look at verse number 15. Let's pick up at verse number 15. And when you pick up at verse number 15, you're going to find out, no, verse 11. And Moses besought the Lord his God and said, why doth my, why, why doth thy wrath wax hot? So the question here, God, why are you so angry? Go back up to verse, if you will, seven. And the Lord said unto Moses, go, get thee down. For thy people, which thou broughtest up out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. This is why God's anger was hot at this church. They had corrupted themselves. And so go to verse number 15. And Moses turned and went down from the mount. And the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were written on, on both their sides. On the one side and on the other were they written. And the tables were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. And when Joshua heard 
the, say it with me, please, noise. Would you say that again? When Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there is a what? Noise of what, please? War in the camp. Now, I'm going to read slow enough to where I want this to let, set in the, 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 the beginning truth, and then I will not keep you very many more hours. There is a what, please, noise of war in the camp. And he said, it is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry for being over, overcome but the noise of them that sing do I hear. Three times the word noise is mentioned. Moses and Aaron are on top of the mount. Moses and Aaron start descending the mount. The church is at rest. They have, they're, they're there on their journey and they've rested. Moses, Joshua begin to descend this mount. Joshua then says the church is putting off a frequency. The church is putting off a noise. And, and, and that noise, Moses, that frequency and that noise sounds like war. Moses said, unfortunately, Joshua, the frequency that that church is putting off is not one of being overcome or overcoming. But unfortunately, that noise that you hear is singing. Every believer puts off a frequency. Every family puts off a frequency. Every church has a noise. You have that vibes that you send out. You can drive down the street and do we all know what a, what a, a speaker, the seat comes out of the back and they replace it with a speaker and all of a sudden you hear them or you feel them coming down the street. And then you say, Bob Queen, what are you doing? And, and you hear them coming. Moses and Joshua, when they were coming down the mount, they heard this noise. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you that they did not hear the noise of perfection because that noise will not be put off by a believer and that noise will not be put off by a family and that noise will not be put off by the church until we arrive and awake in his likeness. Then and only then will we be presented spotless and without wrinkle and without blame. Only then will you trade this celestial body, this terrestrial body for a celestial body. And then that celestial body for a glorified body. And only then will you have no frequency of anything but perfection and perfect peace. But until then, it's okay to have the noise of war. But it's not okay to have the noise of corruption. There is a difference. And there are people who say, well, what do you want me to be? Perfect? 
And I'm not preaching to anybody, I'm preaching to everybody. Listen to this. Whenever somebody runs to perfection, that's the wrong litmus test for Christianity. The right litmus test is this. Some days I'm overcoming. Some days I'm being overcome. Some days I win the battle. (laughs) Other days I don't win the battle. Some days I'm shouting for victory. Other days I weep in despair. Some days I wake up and, yes, my children and my family are on the right track. And some days I wake up and I see the devil attacking. You see, it is normal noise for you to struggle because the Christian life is all about getting knocked down and getting back up. Getting knocked down and getting back up. Getting knocked down and getting back up. Falling over this sin and tripping over this sin and saying, bless God, I'm not staying here. I'm getting back up because my Lord deserves better than what I'm giving him right now. And I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. You have been there when you thought to yourself, what in the world am I doing? And then you've been there when it's like, yes, I didn't give in to temptation. And yes, I overcame. That noise is where we all want to be. I'm okay pastoring a church. You ought to be okay with attending a church to where you're saying to the Lord, I'm sorry, I am sorry. And where you have to say to your brother in Christ, hey man, I need to apologize. That didn't come out right. Did you hear that? And this persona that churches want to put on, like we never make mistakes, we're never out of bounds, we never have problems, come join our church because we just never, and then the leadership and the church try to make sure we're all okay, just sweep it underneath the rug. No, we're not okay, we're a bunch of sinners saved by grace, and we're going to make our fair share of mistakes. But isn't that what a family does? It's okay to have the noise of war. But it's not okay to have the noise of corruption. In our text right here in Exodus 32, Moses, he said, that which you hear, that that sound of noise coming out of the church, out of this camp, Joshua That's not the noise of everyday Christian struggle. That is the noise of corruption. Look at verse 19. And and it came to pass, as soon as he came nigh into the camp, that he saw the calf and the what, please? Dancing. Let me stop and just tell you this. Whenever people rebel against going to details of how a Christian ought to live, then we got problems. When a preacher can't stand up and talk about golden calves, when a preacher, it's off limits, talk to us in generalities, but please don't talk to us about specifics. Let me tell you something. I'm okay Listen to me. I'm okay with the noise of war. I'm okay with, Pastor, I hit her right between the eyes. 
Shouldn't have done it. I feel terrible about it. But if she opens her mouth one more time, I'll hit her again. I'm okay with somebody calling me and saying, Pastor, can I talk to you? I got to tell you something. What do you got to tell me? Pastor, I was in your office the other day, and I had a weak moment. And I took your Pop-Tarts out of your box. You know that box that the girls gave me from Kellogg's that has my picture on it? That box of Pop-Tarts, that means something to me. Because it has my picture on it, and it has my sin in it. People have stashes of tobacco places, stashes of beer. I got my stash of Pop-Tarts, and you stay out of it. I'm okay with somebody calling and saying, you're not going to believe this. It's been five days, and I haven't, and they fill in the blank. And I say, praise God. Praise God. Let me tell you, it's okay, church, to have our victories. It's okay to have our defeats. It's okay to be on the mountaintop. And it's okay to be in the valley. It's okay if you have them kind of days. But it's not okay. To have corruption. And it's not okay when leadership leads in corruption. It's not okay. And unfortunately, having been in the ministry for 32 years and pastoring for 11, I don't make comments. A lot of times I deal with it in the back room. But I need to let you know This pastor is not okay going forward with the noise of corruption. I think I need to say that one more time. Bags are packed. U-Haul has been rented. I'm not okay. I'm not okay with the golden calves. I'm not okay with the dancing. I'm not okay with the worship. I'm not okay. I will never be okay. I wasn't wired to be okay. I wasn't wired to fly that way. I wasn't wired to do that. I wasn't wired to wear that suit of armor. I only have one thing I can do, and that is what the book says. And the book says, hey, that church has the noise of corruption. Moses got to the camp. He walked into the back door of the church, and he saw the calf. And he saw the dancing. Drop down to verse 21. And Moses said unto Aaron, what did, the people, what did this people unto thee? That thou broughtest so great a sin upon them. And Aaron said, let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. Let me pause and just say this right now. I do not believe. What I'm, what I'm about to say, I mean with all my heart. I do not believe, Emmanuel Baptist Church, that what is said here is our church. When it said, when he said, he said, thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. Would y'all look at pastor? I know you. And I do not believe that the family sitting in this auditorium That you wake up every day and your heart is set on mischief. I don't believe that. I do not believe that. 
I will not believe that. Because you and I talk, you and I pray, you and I have, have been through a lot of decisions that have to be made. But we have to understand this. Our church can become a church that is a church of corruption and not a church of war. War does not mean we're going after everybody. It just means we're trying to keep our head above water. That's all it means. Keep walking through the text, if you will. This church of corruption. Look at verse 25. And when Moses saw that the people were what, please? Naked. Naked. Let me say this at this juncture. You can tell our church is getting more corrupt if we're showing more flesh. The church ought to be the place where people can come and men not have to confess lust after they leave. Amen, 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 amen. They ought not to have to look down the row and say, uh, we need to move. They ought not to have to do that when people get up to sing. They ought not to have to turn their head. Mama shouldn't have to cover boys' eyes. Y'all, listen to this. You know a church has a noise of corruption when there is a golden calf, when there is singing, when there is dancing that lead to nakedness. Say, Pastor, how do you know that we're a church of corruption when there is more flesh showing and we're getting ready to get into summertime and listen, I'm about to tell you, a believer should never put another believer in a position to where they are tempted by what somebody is wearing. Ladies, can I be very honest with you? You have zero idea how the mind of a man operates. Men, I could use an amen right about now. We're not perverts. We are not off the chart. We're a man. Ladies, we need your help. Can I say that again? Ladies, we need your help. We need your help. Because it's a tough enough world out there. They put up their billboards. They put their commercials on TV. They, they, they parade around our town. We can't even go to the mall. We can't even go to Walmart. And where you dismiss it because you're a lady, men never dismiss it. They have to confess it. I, I appreciate my wife. My wife understands the struggle of her husband. So my wife is very good at saying, look at that tree. The first time she did it, it was like, um, yep, that's a tree. We went a little bit further. She said, look at that tree. And I'm like, um, yeah, I didn't know you wanted to be a botanist. I, I would have, you know. <laughs> but you know what she was doing? She was protecting her husband from the world's flesh. Now, every one of you men, straighten up your halo because you look like that you are superior on this subject. Ain't nobody superior on this subject. 
Come on now. In fact, you wives can look at your husband and go, "Mm mm-hmm, that's right. And so what you do, you look at that tree and look at that tree. And God help the people in West Texas. They ain't got no trees to look at. Amen. How did God define this church? What are those signs that a church is headed to the noise of corruption? Here it is. Go back to chapter chapter 32. Look at verse 7. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down for thy people, which thou brought us out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. Would anybody like to tell me what the punctuation is after themselves? It's a colon. Y'all are like, do I have the right version? <laughs> and, uh, and then he describes it. They have turned aside quickly out of the what, please? Way which I, what, commanded them. You know what God said? Head that way. Head that way. You you go that way. Do you know a church can have the noise of corruption if if they step quickly out of the way that God said head that way? Church, listen to me. We have enjoyed some amazing months and some amazing years. And my words tonight are nothing more than to let you know we have to keep going the right way. We cannot, we cannot turn our blinker on now. We cannot take the exit. We've got to go up the hills. We've got to go down the hills. We've got to persevere. We will be peculiar. We will be pilgrims. We'll always be strangers. We'll never fit with the Sanhedrin. We'll never fit with the synagogues. We'll never fit with the religious community. We will always be that remnant because we're just passing through. We were never meant to pick up their things. We were never meant to pick up their ways. God said, please, don't corrupt yourselves. But what is the beginning of corruption? You got out of the way. And by the way, it says quickly. What results in the noise of corruption for a church, they turn out of the way quickly. Every command of God, every word of God is to produce a direction that honors God. We live in a religious society to where there is a disconnect between their theology and their behavior. They believe in a general God, a general this, a general this, and and they negate the fact that the way we honor the Lord is by our behavior. If I lost you, I'm sorry about that, but the way we honor the Lord is by our behavior. Did you hear that? The way we honor the Lord is by our behavior. For me to say I love Kelly Gray and then go hug on some other woman is just lip service. The way I honor that woman is by my behavior. Not my behavior when I'm with her, but my behavior when I am away from her. 
They got out of the way. Keep reading the text. They have made them a molten calf and have, what please, worshipped it. You know how you become a person of noise, of corruption, a family? That's the noise of corruption. And ultimately, the church, that's a noise of corruption. As you get out of the way of which the commands of God send you in, then you create an idol. You worship that idol. And the only way you know that you're worshiping the idol, look at it, and have sacrificed. Did we hear that? Sacrificed under that idol. You know, there is a connect between where your money goes, where your time goes, and where your energy goes, and your preparation goes, and what you truly are worshiping. Hey, we're going to have church every night. I'm not sure about that. Hey, I got tickets to the 50-yard line for the next four nights. Well, yeah, I think I can arrange this, and I think I can arrange this, and, and, and I think I can arrange this, and, and Mama won't care if I miss, and it's, you'll be okay, and then I can tell, no, I'm putting you on hold, but you know what we do? You know it's the noise of corruption when God is put on hold, and we make these sacrifices, and we arrange these plans, and we adjust this and adjust this to get done what we want to get done rather than adjust for him. You say, Pastor, are you after my money? I'm not after anything. I'm a blessed man. I'm not after anything. But I am telling you that we have to be careful that the noise of war is okay. The noise of corruption is not okay. And I'm headed to an end point here. Look at verse number 9. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a, what please, stiff-necked people. When it's a noise of corruption, there is no flexibility. There is no consideration. Do you know how I know pastor is starting to become a corrupt pastor? Now, I know you're shocked, aren't you? Pastor, I thought you were preaching at us. I'm preaching to all of us. Do you know how I know that I'm going down the path of being a corrupt believer? Is when I get that stiff neck and it's like there ain't no deacon going to tell me what to do. There ain't no brother in Christ going to tell me what to do. And they've got no right to point out my flaws. And I cut people short and I'm not going to talk to you. That subject I will not talk about. Those are the signs of corruption. Those are those signs. I do want to end on this. Coming down the mountain. They're on top of the mountain. God says, Moses, you get down there because those people have corrupted themselves. Moses comes down. He says, Lord, I didn't bring these people out. I love this conversation between these two. You're not blaming this on me. God's like, well, kill them. Moses said, that's fine, you kill them. But you know all those people back in Egypt? They're going to laugh at you if you kill these people. 
Then all of a sudden, the Bible says God repents. God decides not to kill him. He said, Moses, you get down there. On the way down, Joshua says, hey, hey, there's a noise of war down there. Moses had been pastoring long enough to know this. That's not people struggling. That's not people winning victories and struggling. That's corruption. How did he know and never saw them? He had not yet seen them. He only heard what Joshua heard. How did he know? I'll let you answer anybody. How did he know? Which was? The world. The world. And look at what vehicle was used that gave off that frequency. Look at it. Verse 18 and I'm done. And he said, it is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but it is the noise of them that, what, sing. Listen to this. You always gravitate to the music that best reflects your lifestyle. Say it again. You always gravitate to the music that best reflects your lifestyle. Because you have to have a drug that helps you, that allows you to live a lifestyle. Ten people this past several weeks knowing I was going to be preaching this, I asked them something. I said uh, they were struggling with something. They all gave me permission. When I got to the end and we described the struggles that they were going through, but it was more than just struggle. It truly was corruption. Truly was corruption. I asked them, would you allow pastor and would you play for pastor right now what is on your iTunes on your phone? And they're like, well, well, pastor, pastor, I, uh, I, uh, that, that, that really is personal, don't you think? And I said, yeah, about as personal as standing on a scale and having that number flashed up on that screen. Ain't no way I'm doing that. That's personal, would you not agree? There are certain things that are so personal, but all ten it was amazing to me that the corruption that existed in their life that they hated had a direct tie to the music that they were listening to. I'm going to give you several examples. One of the corruptions, I, I use this all by permission, one of the corruptions was this attitude of, you can't tell me what to do. I am untouchable. It was a coolness. And when you started digging into this person's life, it truly came up with this, 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 how do you live this way? 
And I'm not being sarcastic and I'm not being mean and, and, and they have since repented and, 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 and they truly are turning around. And even by their own testimony, as of this morning, when I called them and said, look, I'm preaching on this subject tonight. Are you okay? And they said, Pastor, I'm okay. I can't even believe I lived that way. When they turned on their iTunes, it came out this punk rock. I'm telling you, whatever embodiment of music that you listen to has been adopted because your lifestyle has lived there. And this noise. But it's not the music. You know what it is? A church can become very corrupt. Y'all, would we not all agree? There's one thing of this honest struggle that we go through. But this subculture that can exist in a church of just this putrid Egypt calf. How many know what I'm talking about? How many know what I'm talking about? It's, It's this underbelly. And you know what I praise God for right now? There's Joshua's listening to me going, I ain't got a clue about what you're talking about. But how many of us have heard that noise before? Would you raise your hand? How many of us have seen that dance before? We've seen that golden calf. We've heard this junk. And you know nobody wants that in a church. I'm going to ask you. Are you corrupt? I had to come out of my quiet time that night, that, that, that morning, and I had to ask myself, Bob, is yours a noise of corruption or is it a noise of war? And in all transparency, I went to my iTunes account and I played it. And pastor came to this conclusion. That my music and my life have got to glorify God. It has to glorify God. Do you know Southern Gospel music, my angst with Southern Gospel music is the performers of Southern Gospel music. I cannot stand the professionalism. And I cannot stand the fact that they just take God's money on Saturday night and they don't go to church on Sunday morning. That bothers me. I'm not against the Southern style. Let me tell you something. Peyton and Jackson, when they got up here, how many would agree? They got a future, amen? And it's like, sing it. When y'all got up here and sang, it was like, whoa. And the truest test of whether or not you're at war or you're corrupt is how do you feel? about godly music. Hey, liberal churches take away their music and people wouldn't come to hear the word because golden calves always need flesh and they always need a lot of movement and they need a lot of music that matches the dance and matches the flesh. May it never happen to Emmanuel Baptist Church. And if it does, 
Mark my word. And I'm going fishing. You say, Pastor, what are you saying? Exactly what I just said. I can handle problems. I can handle situations. That doesn't bother me. You say, Pastor, I don't live the standards you bring. That doesn't bother me. What does bother me is when corruption is flowing under the foundation and that we get up here and just try to honor the Lord in everything that we do. And then there's a subculture that's like, well, let's, we don't care what the Word says. We're just going to do it. That subculture is not what I signed up for. I signed up for honesty. I signed up for just transparency. Let's just do the best we can. But to deliberately take the golden earrings and to deliberately go to the fire and deliberately and then go, I don't know what happened. It was just came out. It doesn't work that way. You can't be a creationist when it comes to creating you and an evolutionist when it comes to the corruption. Please, please, I don't feel like I have to fight for anything. Y'all are just a great church. But I'm afraid if I don't stand up and just tell you, let's not turn our church into corruption. Do not let this be the diving board for which our young people dive off into a cesspool. Don't let this be the place where all of a sudden our private lives are in this world and then we endure the weekend. Oh, let's not be these kind of people. Let's be these kind of people that we love the Lord with all of our hearts. And we just want, we just want to please him and glorify him in everything that we do. Boy, if you're struggling, you're at the right church. You're at the right church. If you're being defeated and overcome, you're at the right church. Just ask for help. If you are winning the victory, let us rejoice with you. But no corruption. There's only one who brought us out of Egypt. And that's the Lord. Because they said that man that brought us up out of Egypt, no man brought us up. The Lord did. Then they said it was that golden calf that brought, no golden calf brought us up. The Lord did. Because when you get your eyes on man and you get your eyes on a vehicle, you will start down the path of corruption. Heavenly Father, Lord, I come before you.